Hello and welcome to the Massive Attack Podcast. This is the fourth day in the 12 Days of Christmas Specials 2022 edition, where I'm inviting friends along to talk about Christmas and a Christmas film or movie or TV show. And today we are inviting for the first time on the Massive Attack show a longtime supporter of the show, which we very much appreciate, and that is Davey from Dave's Video Graveyard. Hello and welcome. Mate, thank you so much for having me. And I have to start by saying, long time listener, first time guest, but also, where's the name come from for this podcast? Because honestly, I listened to the first episode that I downloaded and you didn't even mention the song Teardrop once. So what's the story with the title? The title, it was um, Joe and I, the, the original members of the show, we were wrestling fans. That's how we met. We used to go to a pub in Collingwood and watch wrestling shows. This is before I didn't have any pay TV or anything like that. And I think Nitro might have been on Foxtel a week or two weeks later. That was the best we had in Australia at the time. But there Mm -hmm. was a pub that would show pay-per-views and obscure wrestling shows once a month on the big screen. So I found out about that because I just got back into wrestling and he used to go there. He'd, he'd never got out of wrestling. And we ended up going to live shows and we sort of recognized each other going, you're the guy from the Prince Pats. It's like, yeah. And then we became friends and then it's like, oh, I get the, I've got Foxtel. Do you want to come over and watch Raw? When it just started, it's like, yeah, okay. So we were wrestling fans doing that. And then we became wrestlers. We started terrible wrestlers, but we became wrestlers. And um, we got thrown together once as a tag team. And we're both six foot four, so we're just big guys. And I don't know who came up with the name, but Massive Attack was the name that was given to us or we gave ourselves. I can't remember. Nothing to nice. do with the band at all, but yeah. I was going to say, I hope you had like a doomsday device type wrestling move called the teardrop just to make it all synergy with Massive Attack. I don't, I don't think we want a match, let alone have a finishing move. So yeah. Now, the, the other thing I want to, before we get into it, I'd love to give you a backhanded compliment. Yes. Good friend of both of ours, Chris Fresh, has dubbed you Dead Air Mitch. Yes. And I was going to say, I hope he's listening right now and he's very proud because I asked you for the time and you told me how to build a watch. So, <laughs> honestly, congratulations. But no, mate, it's so great. Like, obviously, shout out to all the work Joe done, but it's so cool that you're still doing this, man. Thank you very much. I mean, you're one of the reasons I'm still doing it. You are very encouraging for that. And your show was discovering your show because I remember hearing you. You the first time I heard you was on the Toy Power podcast, which we've talked right, about yep. on the show before. And it's like, who is this guy? <laughs> like, it, <laughs> it might have been the famous um, quiz episode. Ah, uh, okay, <laughs> like, yes. Oh my god, what are they doing? <laughs> um, so it was a bit confrontational. It was like, who is he? Because I was so used to such the pleasantries that is Toy Power, because they are the nicest people in the world. Yeah, it's like, who is he? And then. Fresh was actually the one who said, have you listened to Davey's show? I was like, no. And he goes, you really should. <laughs> and I did. And God, I love it. I look forward to it every week. And it's oh, like, because I mean, awesome. with Geek Dudes, which is on hiatus in, in um, inverted commas. Um, yeah. We think we're wrong. We say we're not safe for work or we're not safe for anywhere. I, you guys have taken it to another level. It's so well done. So, yes, thank you so much for my highlights of the week and also uh, just, just the sheer entertainment you've given me over the last few years now. Oh, well, mutual, man. Like, I am I am a fan of everything you've done. And honestly, I 
love being vindicated by like essentially strange voices on the internet and listening to you two talk about Scar and like pretend being very standoffish and pretending that you and Joe weren't the biggest Scar fans, but then spent over an hour just gushing about Scar. I'm like, yeah, I think your love is showing there guys. But yeah, no, honestly, thank you so much for having me. And obviously Merry Christmas. Oh, yeah, exactly. Merry Christmas. So that's why we're here. We're going to talk Christmas now. This is a format you might be foreign to where I'm going to ask a bunch of questions just to get to know you. I don't know if you've you know, thought of this. Now you say something I may be foreign to. Does that mean I'm allowed to do accents or is that? <laughs> Go for it. No one's listening. It doesn't matter. <laughs> Sweet. <laughs> all right. So I've asked all questions I've asked of all my prey. So let's find out a little bit about Davy Damage, shall we? Do you have a favorite Christmas song? Uh, it would definitely be Do They Know It's Christmas. Yeah. Um, I always thought the original. Oh, thank you. I always thought it was pretentious, uh, pretended to the throne of We Are The World. Mm-hmm. But funnily enough, the movie Daddy's Home 2 <laughs> actually changed my mind okay. on that song. And I fell in love and went back. Uh, I watched... I, I find myself falling in very specific very hyper specific like uh youtube holes Mm -hmm. so i do remember spending one night watching like as many of the do they know their christmas recording sessions and one thing that stood out was justin hawkins of the darkness fame yes one of the years i think it was about 2002 2003 they recorded for it and justin showed up on the day and decided that he wanted to do bono's line Mm mm-hmm and I just absolutely love the audacity, but also it's a well-known fact with that song that Bono always sings Bono's beer. Yep. And I just love the audacity of Justin Hawkins. It actually made me love the darkness even more. Yeah, but, I, uh, yeah. I, that's one of my favorite, this is why I don't like Bono that much stories is because of that. Because I thought he was slated to do it, but Bono, he cracked the shits and said, no, it's mine. So which version is it? So it's like he just wanted to. That's even either, better. In either of the stories, Bono doesn't look good, so I'm happy with either. I was actually going to tell that story because you brought it up, but that's up. <laughs> You've already got me there. That's all cool. All right, so do you have a perfect Christmas morning? Well, if you asked me years ago, it would have just been very self-absorbent, but I now have three children, mm-hmm. so obviously Christmas is a time for them, not for us now, which, you know, we're both winking into the camera right mm-hmm. now for those that are listening. Um Basically, just nail all you've got to do with kids now is just nail it with one present because obviously you and I are both uh, toy collectors and stuff mm-hmm. like that. Yep. So we know the stuff that's cool for the kids, but all you need is just that one reaction that you can remember as a kid having to one toy. If you can get that from each of your kids, it's a perfect Christmas morning. Um, but to be honest, because I work so much during the year, I do a lot of physical labor. And Christmas is a time off. My real true answer would be sleeping until about midday because that's such a foreign concept to me. Yeah. And they're just eating all day. So, yeah. Nice. Do you have any Christmas food, speaking of that? Uh, I am the black sheep every Christmas and it gets, you know, brought up in a very passive aggressive way every year. I really, really hate seafood. Oh, I'm with and you on that. My family, that's when they have their yabby cocktails, their like their seafood, all their absolute seafood spread. And I'm sitting down the other end, just eating turkey and cold meat and salad and just like getting offered by every member of the family that knows my history 
of, oh, do you want a yabby cocktail? I'm like, you guys are the worst. Gross. Have you seen Beasts of the Southern Wild, the movie about Katrina? No. There's a scene where they just dump all this seafood on the table. It made me physically ill to look at. It was just like, no, nah, it's a seafood, not for me. So, yes, that's not appealing at I all. I can't think. Oh, Mr. Bean eating the seafood in one of the episodes <laughs> where he's actually chewing on the shell of the thing. That is in my mind every time I see someone eat seafood. It's just not for me. Now, this is pretty much inspired by a friend of the show, Chris Fresh. When does your tree go up and when does it come down? Now, it's whenever the kids bug me. So, typically, it's around like basically the last few weeks. So just coming up into December. But as a kid, it was always, always, always the day of the Christmas pageant in my hometown of Broken Hill. I reckon it was the very start of December. That's when mum and dad would take us to the Christmas pageant. We would then go to the local toy shop called Zigzag, which was later yeah, a toy world. Yeah. I never knew it was a franchise. It was, yeah. Funnily enough, mine was owned by the father of uh, Tex Walker from the Crows. So... <laughs> Weird small town story. And, and he still uh, grew up to be a Power Ranger. He did. He did. <laughs> and a hang glider. That's the day we'd also um, lay by our Christmas presents. So that was the ultimate day because we'd then go home and put the tree up. So what's this Christmas pageant? Everyone seemed to have it. Fresh introduced me to the Adelaide Christmas pageant the other week. And I was sort of like, yeah. we don't have them in Victoria. We, we have well, the um, Maya Christmas windows. So they put these sort of right, like themes so display. on. Yeah. yeah. That's the only Christmassy it, we get. But even Chris, speaking of fresh, um, he's always said that it seems like Adelaide leans more into Christmas because we do different displays. They had a big save the giant Santa thing this year. And it, it's, yeah, it's bizarre. Okay. He found out there was a, um, a Perth had one as well. I did like he was on the that. Channel 9 app or whatever and he found another one. It was even more low rent than the Adelaide one. It's like, oh, perfect. You can make Christmas last all year. And when does the tree come down? Uh, straight away. Absolutely oh, yep. straight away. This year, it's in borrowed space to begin with. <laughs> so okay. uh, it'll be gone the second I can. Okay. And do you have a Christmas movie? You are famous for your movies. You podcast about it all the time. You have, can we actually, can we, can you please explain your, is it your garage? that you? Uh, it's now inside. I've moved oh. it inside of my home. Oh, wow. So uh, we got sick of our kids using our dining room, which we never used to eat or anything, mm-hmm. um, using it as a dumping ground after school. Like we've, we had, it's now the start of term four. We've got stuff from term one, like mm-hmm. sat on that table, like notes and permission slips. So we just decided it's time to get rid of them. So it's now inside my house. I have uh, a few thousand VHS tapes, um, more than half of them are ex-rental tapes. And I just basically, it's its my generation's version of owning a small town with a train set on it down in the basement. Mine's a full-size video shop. Now, you worked in a video library, didn't you, as a youth? I did. And this is another thing I've got to bring up as a culture shock. I grew up in New South Wales, obviously live in South Australia now. We never called it a video library. I hear you and Chris Fresh constantly refer it to a video library it was always a video store or a video shop, but never a video library. Oh, wow. That sounds like where the poor kids would go to the library and hire uh, ABC for kids videos. <laughs> wow. That's so bizarre. I never yeah. even considered that. Yeah. Art, so you have these video li- videos just yes. at your beck and call. Is it getting, I mean, you would have built that up over years. Is it getting harder and harder or are you getting more and more now that people know? Truth be told, as much as like, because I also collect, 
Ninja Turtle toys. And it was kind of a respite of much like you did during COVID with the, the matchbox cars yeah. where you're like, you know what? Going to an op shop and buying a 20 cent VHS tape scratches the same mm-hmm. itch of buying a hundred dollar Ninja Turtle figure. And I'm like, um, if only I'd learned this many years earlier, I think I'd be in a much better place now. Oh yeah. But um, to get back to the, the root question, um, my absolute go-to Christmas movie is Home Alone 1, mm-hmm. but there are some very close seconds and thirds because the greatest version of Muppets uh, of the Christmas story is A Muppet's Christmas Carol. Yep. I have to watch that every year. And then there's other movies that come and go like um, National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. That That's right up there. But then there's some lesser known ones that I love. I'm probably the only person I know that absolutely, absolutely loves Reindeer Games with Ben Affleck. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I know you didn't know where that sentence was going. No. Um, and also, I'm a huge fan of the Steve Martin movie, Mixed Nuts. I don't know that which, one. Uh, it's written by the writer of Sleepless in Seattle, so I'm not okay. surprised you don't know that one. All right. And do you have any unique family traditions besides um, avoiding the seafood? Eating seafoods like monsters. Is one of my family's tradition. Um, not really, but we did have instead of stockings, we had two very big, almost the size of like a, a black big like a garbage bag that would fit in your council bin. Yeah, we had pillowcases that big that all the presents went into. Yep, and so the night before Christmas, we'd put them out near the tree. And then I think Santa realized one year, the amount of work it was to put everything into them. So they, they stopped being a tradition, but that's probably the closest to a tradition that I have other than watching home alone. Next question is Christmas Eve. Is that something you watch Christmas Eve or just in part of the Christmas season? Christmas Eve is the forcing the kids to go bed early and wrap all the presents that I've procrastinated to wrap. Um, the not the biggest Christmas nightmare I've ever had was starting uh, at eleven thirty p.m. drunk, not tipsy, <laughs> drunk, building the IKEA mini um, sink and oven kitchen thing. Oh, oh not building flat packs. Yeah, building drunk. flat packs, oh, but man. drunk and. Honestly, it killed. I honestly thought I could join the Pogues and write another one of like a really depressing Christmas song. That's how bad I felt that night. I could believe it. Okay. Now you are a Turtles fan. Next question is, was there a Christmas present you really wanted as a kid? Was it Really wanted and got or really wanted and didn't get? Either. Both? Mm -hmm. I always, uh, the best one I ever got, and I still chase it to this day, it was the... um, there was like a fake Terminator arm that you could put your real arm mm-hmm. inside and it was holding a gun and it had yep. a headset with a voice changer and stuff and it had lights and it, the voice changer was incredible because it was so crappy. But um, <laughs> that's probably one of my favorite presents I got from Santa as a kid. And I never got the Ghostbusters house. Oh, yeah. The firehouse. Yes. I was, I was too old for that because I am old. But yeah, I remember the ghost, but real Ghostbusters cartoon. But I don't, I don't remember the toys at all. But I, well, there's a it lot would of have people... been hard for you as a kid because fire hadn't been invented, so they wouldn't have had firehouses. We did have there. rugs. That's true. That's true. <laughs> we did have water though, so it was as handy. Okay. Right. Can you name all of Sanders' reindeer? No, no. Fair answer. I could try, but no, no. All right. If you could travel anywhere to celebrate Christmas, where would it be? Um. 
I'm kind of hyper fixated at the moment on the the tr- the house that's built in top of the trees in South Africa with the um, giraffes outside of the room. I don't know if you know about no. that place, but I'm so very desperate to go there. So Christmas there would be pretty sick. That would be cool. Right before I get arrested for punching a giraffe in the face. <laughs> Is that what you want to do? Yeah. <laughs> well, you can do that. Come over to Werribee Zoo. You can do it here. Yeah. But South Africa's better. Yeah. Yeah, fair enough. What's your least favourite item to do on your Christmas to-do list? Flat pack? Probably... Yeah, flat pack, Chris. Don't bring it up. I'll have a thousand yards stare. Uh, probably Christmas lighting without knowing where the good ones are because our kids love going and looking at Christmas lights, driving yep. around and stuff. There's some nights where you just can't seem to find them. Okay. <laughs> so you're like, uh, so yeah, that that sucks. Yeah, I love Christmas. Like it, it just kind of, it rounds the edges off of life um, as, as a glutton that I am, mm-hmm. I love using it as an excuse. So like, I'm like, Oh, come on. It's Christmas. I mean, it's good. I'm like, yeah. Well, like that doesn't mean you get to leave work two hours early, two weeks before. <laughs> Every like, day, two Christmas. weeks before. Come on. Yeah. No, that's fair. Like we used to have a game, me and my sister. So we'd go to my grandma's or coming back. And if it was nighttime, cause, cause it was not the Christmas lights weren't that big a deal, but there were Christmas trees. And you could see through the windows and see the lit up Christmas trees. And that was exciting. So we'd actually pick our side of the car and we'd go home and we'd count the Christmas trees that we could see. And that was a game. And just because it was the same route every bloody week, we knew. And it's sort of like if we're on the run side of the car, we pretty much, unless things change dramatically in that way. <laughs> You're like, Mum, turn around and drive backwards <laughs> exactly. from this block forward. But that was. I still have fond memories of doing that from you know, so long ago, but it's like, oh my God. But now, you're like you're saying, you're going driving, looking for the good houses. So Fresh does organise a Christmas dinner every year for the families and there's two streets that we go visit because they're just absolutely nuts. The whole streets commit to it. So I was like, yep, we're done. That's all you need to do. If you were Santa, what cookie would you like left out for you? Hands down, an Arnott's Quattro yeah. that no longer exists. Oh, I think I hate it when... Absolute God tier of a cookie. Okay, and where does Santa leave your presents? Um, in a because uh, Santa doesn't wrap my presents. It's typically in a whatever store it's from back okay. or an Amazon box. Is cash a or a voucher an acceptable Christmas gift? I'm conflicted because my parents were so adamant that it never was, but it's what my two oldest kids want this yep. year, and it's it's pretty enticing to tell the truth. Yep. I mean, you want to buy that perfect gift, but when the perfect gift is like, just give me some Roblox, Roblox or whatever, or yeah. some credit. It's like, yeah. really? Okay. Xbox Live credit goes a long way in this house. So yeah. yeah. And do you have a Christmas song that you can't stand or movie? Uh, I hate, hate, hate Love Actually. Yep. And it's not because I hate the movie, but the scene where Rowan Atkinson's taking too long yep. to wrap the present that's a secret mm-hmm. gives me full on, even though I don't have anxiety, that gives me the most anxious feeling. Like the scene in Boogie Nights road. with the firecrackers? Yeah, yes, exactly it's like 100%. That. All you need is Alfred Molina, Tom Jane, and Jesse's girl playing on the stereo. No, it's Sister Christian, sorry. I got that wrong. I think we've got to know you a little bit now. So just a little quick fire round of either ors. So, all right. Turkey or ham? Turkey. Carols by Candlelight or Carols in the Domain? Carols by Candlelight. Mariah Carey or Michael Bublé? Mariah Carey. For what reason? Because of the heartbreaker music video. Oh, fair enough. MCG Test or Sydney Hobart Yacht Race? Neither. Sports is done. Fair enough. Milk and cookies or beer and carrots? Milk and cookies because of Golden Gay Time Milk. Mm-hmm. 
Father Christmas or Santa Claus? Santa. Up early or sleeping? Sleeping. Um, gift wrapped or bag? Bag. Elf or the Santa Claus? Was that elf yes. or elf? Elf. <laughs> elf. <laughs> Sweet. Uh, it would have to be elf because I don't like Tim Allen. Uh, Nightmare Before Christmas or the Muppet Christmas Carol? Muppet Christmas Carol. Home Alone or Gremlins? Home Alone. But Gremlins is, is top tier as well. Bad Santa or Jingle All the Way? Jingle All the Way. Love Actually or the Christmas Prince? I don't know what the Christmas it's Prince one of those, is. To Netflix, the cheap, shitty, hallmarky sort of one. Um, yep. yep. And that's it. Thank you very much. We have very got nice. to get to know you. So we are here mainly to talk about a film, but I really just wanted to talk to you. But let's talk about a film of your choosing. I put it out there saying, what would you like to talk about as a Christmas film? And you came back with... I came back with 2005's Santa's Sleigh. Uh, it is a magical film filled with a predominantly Jewish cast, yes. which is always a good start for a Christmas movie. But honestly, I almost feel like a passive aggressive uh, stars Bill Goldberg from WCW Wrestling. Um, I feel like you almost need the the Jewish actors and people involved. Because this does a lot of damage for Christmas. For, like, if a kid was to see this movie, it would do a lot of damage to Christmas. And, yeah, I just think it's perfectly casted. Um, we were talking before we started that uh, Bill Goldberg is criminally underrated when it comes to his movie presence. I always loved him in the second Universal Soldier movie, but this is a peak Bill Goldberg in every way because he's he's a character in life and in wrestling and in everything else that's known for taking himself way too yeah. seriously. So it's a miracle that this movie ever got made because you'd expect this to be on the resume of Hulk Hogan, not Bill Goldberg. Like it is, it's one of those so bad it's good. But I would I would pause that this movie doesn't. It's not. I'm not sure if this movie's in on the joke or not. I, I think it has to be. There's so many. But some moments, some moments it feels like it's totally in on the joke. And then other moments fall so flat that you're like, they can't know what they're making. Yeah, like, and like you said about Goldberg, like either he's acting the shit out of this or he's, he isn't on the joke because he's having fun. And I've never seen him have fun. That's the thing. If, because they've demonized, because Goldberg plays an evil version of Santa that's, they've changed the law, which I thought was fantastically yeah, done by son. a storybook. Yep. Satan's son. It's Satan's son. Who's just a nasty piece of work, but he loses a bet with an uh, the angel, one of the angels. Yes. And has to, you know, he loses the bet. So for a thousand years has to be nice and give people gifts on one day. Which is the Santa that we yep. know. But the a thousand years are up in 2005. So that's his first Christmas as an evildoer. My biggest issue, like, because I, I saw this movie back in 2005 and loved it. I lump it in with uh, Gary Busey's Jack Frost. Um, do you know that no, movie? We talked about it the other day with Fresh because he get, he wants to watch the Michael Keaton one, but there's another one. There's two Jack Frost that came out within a yes. year of each other and he doesn't want to watch the wrong one. Yeah. So which one's the Gary Busey, yeah. the horror? The Gary Busey's the okay. horror, but it, it's like a um, killer snowman movie. It's just like that where it's... They've taken something so innocent and that's the the easy get of the movie is to just make that the bad thing. I remember seeing this movie in 2005 and it didn't, didn't resonate with me, but I remember thinking it was bad and revisiting it for this podcast. I've realized that it's an underrated gem and we always say on our podcast, 
the greatest barometer of the quality of a film is if it's up in full on YouTube. <laughs> yep. And that is exactly how both you and I watched this movie, including the begging for donations at the start. Yes. <laughs> two ads, maybe every minute to minute oh, it and got a half. ridiculous, didn't it? Uh, I have seen the KFC ad where the little girl screams at the party mm. 400 times <laughs> in just one night watching this movie. But it's got a great amount of nudity. Mm. And my favorite fact about this movie is there is a scene where evil Santa Goldberg goes into a strip club. While he's in there, he starts killing all the patrons and the, the girls working there. There is a moment where there is a one of the working girls is up on a trapeze. Goldberg jumps up, holds on the trapeze, goes all the way across the room. His face is buried in her exposed crutch. Now, the two things I love about it, the actress that plays that is a stunt actor. She signed on to do this movie because she misunderstood who Bill Goldberg was and thought she was signing up to do a Jeff Goldblum movie, which is, that's the first bit of amazingness. The fact that she went on months later to marry Bill Goldberg where they met doing this movie <laughs> is just, oh, you can't write a story like that. Oh, that's the thing. Because like, you, we were looking for trying to find a copy of this movie somewhere and I found it on YouTube and it's like, okay, and I sent you the link just scrolling through saying, yeah, it looks like it. But then when I started it to watch it properly, it literally starts with a Christmas party. With James Kahn and Fran Drescher and Chris Kattan, I'm like, is this, I don't remember, because I don't remember the movie from 2005, because it was a long time ago. It's like, it was a cold open too, going, is this a weird, oh, maybe I've seen a dodgy link here. Well, yeah, it, it's funny because that movie is clearly not directed by the director of this film. And it shows because it is competent, so much better in every possible comparable way. Uh, love seeing Chris Kattan. Amazing seeing Fran Drescher. Did you read the note that everyone in that scene Jewish. is Jewish? Yes. <laughs> which I thought was beautiful. Because um, this movie, behind the scenes, was spearheaded by Brett Ratner, of all I people. Know, I saw his name in the credits um, going, oh. <laughs> yeah. Uh, for those that don't know, he's he's very, very, very cancelled. Yep. Um, and you'll think about him when you watch Species, if you Google him too much. But anyway, this movie is just absolutely Absolutely bonkers. But there's so many moments. I feel like this was kind of edited to the craziest degree because there's some moments that go too far and they're ultra gory or something. Like, for example, spoiler alert, Fran Drescher's hair being burnt off her (laughs) head, all shown on screen, being horribly disfigured with fire. But then there'll be other scenes and they'll cut away Mm. and they're like, it's like, Someone cut a PG version of this movie and someone cut an R-rated version and then they mixed up who was doing what because it, from start to finish, it doesn't flow like what you'd expect. Like, you'd want it to be gory and horrible the whole way through. It and isn't. it is pretty gory. you want it to be in points, like ridiculously yeah. gory. And it's like, yeah, there's a full-on, there's swearing, there's everything. And then, like you said, it was a bit cartoonish. It's very cartoonish, the whole film. And, and yes. some of the editing is a bit of a mess too. Like, it's essentially set pieces. Like, there's a lot of well, points where you don't know what's going on. Goldberg just turn or Santa, sorry. He just turns up. There's no point or reference. It's meant to there be in is, this town and there is the I think my biggest issue is they they kind of wanted to set 
Goldberg up to be essentially Michael Myers or Jason yeah. Voorhees, this big unstoppable killer. But what was bothering me was it feels like it was shot by different directors because they, they for example, they cut to a scene of Goldberg walking down the main street of the small town this movie set. And it looks incredible. The snow is peaked on all the mm-hmm. shops that he's walking past. There's like a haze in the air and it looks amazing. And then other bits look like episodes of Are You Afraid of the Dark? Like it looks like here's the $10 that you have. That's a budget. And the biggest issue I have with them trying to make him like Michael Myers is every three or four scenes, they decide that Goldberg as Santa has another power yep. <laughs> that could have could have been used the previous scene to like, we find out like right near the end, he can shoot fireballs like Mario from like Super Mario. Yep. I was like, there's been a thousand chances. You threw a book. At the main character at one yes. point when you could have just killed him with a fireball. And we'll jump, obviously, this movie's a, a real mess when it comes to, like, style and tone. But we will jump around a lot because we're not very good podcasters. But one thing I found amazing was there is a bit at the end where Goldberg shoots a fireball and the, the kid that's fighting him shoots a chestnut which goes through the fireball and into his chest. Goldberg falls down to die, reaches up and touches the hole in his chest and then drops essentially what we think is dead. Mm-hmm. My favorite thing is because they've done the the te- chestnut on his chest with CGI, you watch it, he doesn't even touch where it hit him. <laughs> he like touches a different bit, goes, oh no. And it's like, uh, was there not another take? There's scenes where Goldberg kicks in a door to get into the Jewish butcher, which is like an amazing mm. scene. But because he has to practically kick the windows out of the door to open it when he kicks it real hard to open the door swings really hard open and then slams shut and he just has to lamely push it open to walk in and i'm like they clearly had one One window that they could break and they couldn't do it again once that happened um what did you think had you seen this movie i saw it like you did in 2005 and it was like a bit of fun and i enjoyed it and i remember it being okay but in watching it again i really enjoyed it like I, it was fun because at the pace of it was crazy. It was like really quick. Literally, it was like, all right, we've got a bunch of set pieces to show Santa killing people in creative ways, which is what I loved as a you know VHS horror fan back in the day of getting five videos for five bucks. I would go to the horror and the sci-fi section because there was guaranteed to be gore and nudity. So it's like bring it on, and that's what I did for and these. We totally forgot for all the listeners listening. There's titties, lots of them. <laughs> there is. Well, he does go to the strip club. So yeah. So watching this, it was like, it was just one of those like slasher movies that I used to watch back in the day, where it was like, how creative can we have a body count here? This is not a, yeah. this is not yeah. a thriller. This is not anything, you know, high end cinema. But like you said about Goldberg, I was a big WWF fan, not a WCW fan. So I wasn't on the Goldberg train back in the day, but I knew of him. But um. He wa- he did take himself very seriously. You don't see him as a fun guy, but he's having a ball in this. And it's like, oh, maybe there is something there. Well, I kept checking that if it had been like ADR where they record the audio after, because I'm like, he's giving it all with all the voices and the lines. And I'm like, that just goes against what I'd expect from 2005 Goldberg. Like he really, he thinks he's making something pretty special, which... The costume looks that, sick. I was about to I say. I think it's the coolest, it the coolest looking Santa in a movie. Because he's got like a red leather cloak and everything. And it just, I mean, he, he being a what, six foot four monster of a man wearing this outfit, it just looked cool. And instead of a pom-pom, he's got like a bommy knocker like mace yeah. on the end of his hat. But it, it, it does feel like for every moment that feels like 
they've really given it some thought and stuff. There is a moment just like it that feels like it's Cannibal the Musical. Yeah. Where it's like, it's just tonally all over the shop. But oh, I think it's nothing but fun. And I think in 2005 when everyone, well, no one no. saw it. But when people did see it, I think they didn't realize how much fun the movie was having. Because it is it is silly fun, which is what everyone loves about like 80s and 90s horror movies. Mm. So, yeah, I... I've always had a soft spot, but it wasn't until this revisit that I was like, I would actually recommend this movie to people to watch. This is like, I hadn't thought about it. Like it was a joking answer when people say, what's your favorite Christmas movie? I would say Santa's sleigh as a joke, knowing that they're not going to watch it. No one's going to care. And now that I've seen it again, it's like, this might hit the rotations. (laughs) It's sort of like a Christmas time. I have spent nearly 20 years thinking this movie was called Santa's sleighs. Okay. Because that makes so much more sense than Santa's sleigh. But what I did like is some of the the production design of this movie uh, is pretty special in some moments. Goldberg, I'm not going to say no, Santa, Goldberg. I'm just going to keep calling him Goldberg. Goldberg's sleigh is from North mythology, uh, mythology. So it's built like an old Viking ship. Yep. Um, I think the best thing in the entire movie is because they couldn't afford animatronics. They literally painted like a, a is it a yak? It's a big bulky they, thing, yeah. They painted a buffalo white. That's all and it they looks did. Freaking cool, though. And it's it's the coolest part of the movie mm. is this big giant white, what they're calling a hell reindeer, a hell mm. deer. And I was like, that is, it's much like I always talk about in um in the movie Stargate. They couldn't afford to make another big of those banther type like um elephant things, yeah. so they just made smaller versions of like the pyramids and stuff. And just put a costume on a dog and it looks incredible. Like, cause when it's sprinting, it just looks like yeah. that. And I think that this is just as creative and totally underrated. But then I'm like, I started overthinking going, I wonder if the, like the Buffalo died. Like, was that bad for the Buffalo? Cause they've literally just basically spray painted it white. By the look at the credits, see if any animals were harmed at the end. I hope not. The gore is maybe three out of 10 because it's trying to be gory, but it looks like crap. Yeah. I mean, I'm a trauma fan, so for me, that's just part of the joy. Because yeah, I watched, yeah, I watched Bone Tomahawk with a friend the other day, and that's and they actually said to me, "It's like, oh, you know, I've never seen you turn away from a movie before because it was just that visceral, real dread-induced sort of gore." It's like, no, I don't like this, but yeah, give me um <laughs> over the top and silly, bring it on. I think my all-time favorite part of revisiting this movie was the excitement and joy I got. Hearing the underrated Australian act Machine Gun Fellatio's Pussy Yes, used in a Christmas movie. I was so excited when it came on, I'd forgotten it. Oh, yeah, because I was thinking, I know that song. That sounds familiar. I was just blown away that anyone outside of Australia knew who Machine Gun Fellatio I know. Was. It's sort of like watching Hot Rod when you get John Farnham turn up. Yeah. It. Like, oh, wow. Uh, oh, good times. Um, there is some... Uh, Problematic. It's definitely 2005 in this movie because uh, I think, as much as I'm not going to say the word, I love the reaction of the boy when he gets a bootleg transformer for Christmas. Yeah. <laughs> I wasn't expecting that. And there's an old lady, much like the old lady in Gremlins, but she's uh, dialed it to 12 with everything she has to say to the people in the bank. Yep. I loved that. Yeah, it's the the guy from Grace Under Fire and SCTV is the the evil pastor. Yeah, it, it's it's got some weird casting choices. It, it's a who's that of uh, bad TV shows? I think. Yeah, it was just like a lot of people like I recognize those faces. I mean, they, like I said at the start though, the opening scene with James Caan going, "Is this the wrong movie?" 
because what the fuck is James Khan <laughs> doing in this? And, and like when you said, it was a film by somebody else, but it's like, how the fuck did this happen? And there was a lot, a lot of jokes, like there was a lot of Jewish jokes in there. So it's like someone knew somebody and it was just like, we're going to do this thing. It's like, okay, fair enough. Cause even throughout the whole movie, there's a lot of Jewish jokes. Like I said, there's a Jewish delicatessen at some point. And it was just like, well, cause even, even after, after the opening scene, which is definitely the best part of the movie, but when the, um, the Jewish butcher is played by the guy I only know from the movie True Romance. It's just, it's one of those things where this movie could be next level up if they just got a C-level actor for each person, whereas they've gone for D and Bill Goldberg <laughs> being the selling point of the movie. But I think I think I can definitely see the the thinking and getting Goldberg in there, other than the fact that it's a Jewish that doesn't a Jewish dude that doesn't mind making Santa look like an anti-hero yeah. and a piece of crap. I think it is, that was a time where like every time the WWE, like this is the reason I saw movies like MacGruber or See No Evil with Kane. Yep. <laughs> like I was one of those guys that would see a movie just because it had a wrestler in it. And so it definitely would have had a built-in audience having Goldberg, but I don't know if it's the best this movie could have been casted across the board other than Goldberg. Yeah. I, you would have loved uh, Me Machine then. Oh, not Me Machine. Yes. What is it? Oh, Longest Yard. Which one is good? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Longest Yard, Kevin Nash, Stone Cold, all the best. Mm. Uh, it's the reason I saw that. Well, it's not the reason, but I loved the second Universal Soldier because Goldberg. Um, I always love watching Grandma's Boy because Kevin Nash pops up in the start <sighs> yep. of it. Um, but yeah, I, I love me. Mich- I mean, sorry, Longest Yard because they feed Kevin Nash hormone replacement <laughs> therapy until he can't stop crying yes. all the time. And that's, <laughs> that's so opposite of Big Sexy. I love it. All right. Well, thank you for that. That was awesome. Revisiting a well, a new Christmas gem for me. Anyway, I wouldn't. I wouldn't have touched it again. I don't think if you didn't recommend it. So thank you very much for suggesting it. And thank you. you for, thank you for coming on the show. And I won't won't keep you because it is getting very close to Christmas. You've got stuff to do, I assume. So I've got yeah, I've got seafood. To <laughs> oh yeah. All right. Well, thank you very much. And you and your family have a great Christmas. It's Christmas Same to you. Time.